0: Well, can you turn me down a little bit? Thank you. All right, that was loud. I like that. That was fun. Just so fun. You guys having a good time today so far? One person having a good time? Yeah, me too. I'm with you, Joe. I love it. I love church. I just love coming on Sunday mornings. It's funny, you know, as pastor, I get a lot of emails and phone calls and texts from people not loving it. But I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I just love it. I love it. I love it. I. What compares to coming together on a Sunday morning? We're so good at complaining, but just stop it. Like, there's nothing like it. We get to get together, sing some songs, sing out loud. Like, where else other than, like, the karaoke bar do you get to... You know, just hear these amazing songs. You sing with them, maybe at a YouTube concert, and you take out your lighter or something. But this is awesome. Like, we get to do this, and we don't have to be, you know, like, we don't have to hide. We don't have to keep it down. We can just, like, freely express our love for Jesus. And then you come out, and you just complain about it. Like, come on! This is awesome! This is awesome! And life is hard, and it gets harder, but this is Awesome, awesome! No longer a slave to fear. All right, so we're now in uh, week two of our bonus coverage of First Thessalonians because I told you we were going to be done a few weeks ago, but that that didn't happen. So hey, it's like going into overtime, right? You just here we go. All right, verses twelve through fifteen. Verses twelve through fifteen, chapter. Go ahead. If you have your Bibles open up, smartphones, whatever you got, so you can hear it, but also read it. 12 through 15. Who who is uh, speaking here? Paul? And who is he speaking to? Yeah. All right. You guys have been coming. Good. So, Paul speaking to the Thessalonians. This is what he writes. He says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. But always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the living word. We don't have to try to dig up things from the past. We can actually be here present with the living God, with the living word. We want to be challenged and changed by you today. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. All right. Verse 12, we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Another translation says this, those who are over you, those who give you spiritual guidance, those who give you instruction, hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Now, the Greek word here for acknowledge is a word that means to know, but not just to know them, like to have knowledge of them but to acknowledge them, right? So to know who they are, know what they do. Ray Steadman says this about this verse. He says, know them. He says, recognize them. Be aware of them. Don't take them for granted. He writes, I know of churches where pastors are treated as hired servants. They are there to respond to the whims of the board of the church or the vote of the congregation. They are treated with little or no respect and at times are severely mistreated. He says, that's a shame. Here the apostle is saying, get to know your leaders, understand that they are people, and do not ignore them. For us at Lifespring, I want to challenge us. This isn't just how you should interact with your senior pastor. This would be how you should interact with any of our leaders. Appreciate them. Acknowledge them for who they are in your life. Not just what they do, but who they are. So whether it's the children's leader or the service director or the head of our setup and tear down or those who greet us or those who usher or those who visit us in the hospital or service, uh, the hospitality and the coffee or those on the worship team or those working in the nursery, whoever they are, don't take them for granted, but acknowledge them. One of the best ways you can do that is simply if you, you see someone doing something like that, just come up to them and just say, thank you. Thank you. For what you're doing, acknowledge them, love them, appreciate them. And then he says, live in peace with each other. Let's all say that together. Live in peace with each other. Let's say it one more time. Live in peace with each other. If we want to be a bad witness to the world, let's just stay at war with each other. All right, let's just hold those things against each other. Whatever you do, don't forgive another person, right? And our discord amongst the body of Christ, we will show the world that we are no different than them. Our faith in Christ is actually powerless to make a difference in the human heart. But that's not who we are in Christ. Not at all. We are united in Christ. We live in peace with each other in Christ. That's what makes a Christian community so powerful, so wonderful, is that we actually strive for peace. Have you noticed that? We fight for peace. Ephesians tells it this way, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Live in peace with each other. A good idea, when you wake up, maybe write that one with your favorite lipstick on the mirror of the bathroom. Right? So you wake up. Waking up can be a dangerous thing, can't it? Have you ever had just some thoughts go into your brain as you woke up that were not so peaceful? So maybe uh, the night before you write it down in the mirror, there it is, live in peace with each other. Maybe you need to write that on the inside of your front door. So before you get into that car, it's dangerous to go to work, isn't it? So maybe before you open up that door, live in peace with each other. Maybe put that on the steering wheel as you're stuck in traffic. Traffic can be dangerous for the peace of God that passes understanding, right? Here we are, live in peace with each other. Maybe... Put it on the computer screen at work because work can be dangerous for the peace of God. But live in peace with each other. And he says, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. So I just started writing this down. I just started reading again and again and again. So live in peace with each other. Warn those who are idle and. And disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Strive to do good to each other. Live in peace with each other. Warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Strive to do good for others. Live in peace with each other. Warn those who are idle and deceptive or uh, disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Strive to do good with each other. And I just kept on reading that. And finally, I was like, you know what this sounds like? This sounds like a healthy, godly community. A healthy, godly community. This is, I think, probably what it should look like in a community like ours. And there it is. But do you notice in that list that it's not perfect? That the people in a community like that aren't perfect. There would be no reason to warn the idle and disruptive. You wouldn't ever have to try to be patient. You'd never have to strive to do good. If everybody around you is perfect. But you bring a bunch of humans together, you put them underneath one roof and bam, you're going to have some issues come up, aren't you? You're going to have some issues. A healthy community, the difference between a healthy community and a non-healthy community is in a healthy community, you address them and you work through them. So you live in peace with each other and then you warn those who are idle and disruptive. Being idle and disruptive, not good, not good. He's talking about those people who could be working, who could be carrying their fair share, but they aren't. The Greek word here just means the idea of being out of step with everybody else. You're just going your own way. One way it was used back in the day would be a soldier who breaks rank. Many theologians think they're talking about people who are just so ready for the return of Jesus that they quit working. Right, they're just so excited that Jesus is coming back. They stop pulling their own weight. They're just kind of waiting for Jesus to come back. The danger of that is Scripture isn't silent in this area. I don't know what our deal is with work these days, but work is a normal part of the Christian life. Don't be afraid of work. Work is not your enemy. Earlier in chapter 4, he says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business. Work with your hands. Ephesians 4, he says, you who have been stealing, yeah, don't steal any longer, but must work, doing good with his own hands, that he would have something to share with the one in need. Now, 2 Thessalonians. Well, we're in 1 Thessalonians. Obviously, they didn't get it the first time. So, in the next letter, he has to write almost the same thing. (laughs) Sometimes God has to tell me about, like... 50,000 times, but he says, We command and urge such people of our Lord Jesus Christ to begin working quietly to earn their own living. 2018, the encouragement is still true today as it has ever been. Jesus is coming back, right? Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. But don't just wait for his return while everyone else is doing the work of the kingdom. Get in the game. Get in the game, (laughs) like and stop using the excuses for why you aren't getting in the game. Get in the game. Jesus has things for you to do. See how you can be a part of it all. And so, in a healthy community, we actually invite other people to be a part of the work of the ministry. So, for today, just think about what you're doing for the kingdom of God, and maybe it's here, maybe it's out there, you know, in our community. But just think about what you're doing. But also, I want you to think about who you could ask to do it with you, right? Who could you call or text or email and say, hey, you want to go serve dinner with me? Hey, you want to go visit the prison with me? Hey, you want to go set up chairs and tables on a Sunday morning with me? Hey, you want to work in the nursery with me? Who can you invite to play their part so that this is a healthy, godly community? Think about that. I hope the Lord is bringing a name to mind. Stop doing it alone. Bring someone along with you. Get them in the game. All right. Encourage the disheartened. Encourage the disheartened. The, the word used here in the Greek, it addresses those who have a low opinion of themselves. They're disheartened. They're discouraged. And it, it could be for a lot of reasons. Maybe something has been done to them or maybe it's something they've done themselves. But now they need to be encouraged. I think in our greater community, there are a whole lot of people who need to be encouraged. They're just a little bit disheartened. Now, these people, they don't need to be rebuked or warned like the idle and the disruptive They need to be encouraged. Who in your life? I hope the Lord brings up a name, even right now as I'm speaking. Who in your life has just been beat up just a tad bit by life? And there is a good chance they might need someone to come alongside them, speak life to them, and encourage them in the things of the Lord. I want you to hear this. You are more powerful than you realize. Stop believing the lie that you are powerless to make a difference. You are much more powerful than you realize. With the power of the Holy Spirit within you, you can make a difference in another person's life as you encourage them. All right, next one, help the weak. Help the weak. The Greek Greek word here for help, it's the idea that you would support them, even that you kind of hold them up. Like they're so weak, they're trying to fall down, and you come around them, you support them, you hold them up. Helping the weak in this context, most theologians would say that Paul is addressing those who are weak in their faith. Weak in their faith. Similar to what he writes in the book of Romans, chapter 14, verse 1. He says, accept the believers who are weak in faith. And I love what he says after that. He says, don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. We, come on, those of us that have been Christians for a little bit longer, we've got to memorize that one. Accept other believers who are weak in faith. And don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Sometimes those who are weaker in their faith, I think we just kind of squish them. Right? We think we're helping them by telling them all the things they're doing wrong. right? Just we're helping them by beating them with the Bible until they're battered and bruised. But we're not supposed to beat them with Scripture. We're to help them, hold them up, support them with Scripture. You don't beat the weak, you help the weak. Think about those in your life. Maybe they're not as far along in the spiritual journey as you are. But think about the way you're treating them. Are you able to be gentle and patient with them? I'm not saying don't bring things up, but as you bring them up, bring them up in truth and love. Are you heavy-handed, just pushing them down, or are you supporting them? Are you helping them up? And again, how might you help and support today those in your life who maybe are a little bit weaker in the faith? And then he says, be patient with everyone. Be patient with everyone. This is the idea of long-suffering. So, instead of being short-tempered, And I don't even have to tell you what that looks like, right? Every one of us have tried that out before, being short-tempered. It's the quickness of our temper, the quickness of expressing our anger. It's the quickness of just kind of unloading when someone fails us or someone wrongs us. We have a short fuse, right? When someone has done something against us, instead of being long-suffering with them, instead of being patient, you know, the opposite of patience actually reminds me of one of my Favorite cartoon characters. His name is Anger from the movie Inside Out. Anyone seen that movie before? Let's go ahead and watch this clip together.
1: Thought. You're welcome. right, right. If
0: you don't eat dinner. Dinner, dinner, you're not going to get it. Wait, he just we could crazy serve? That's anger. He cares, No, that's why you want to go. No, man. no, no, Oh, instead of that, instead of that, though, let's be honest, we've all done that before, but instead of that, with patience, it takes you a long time before breaking into flames. Anyone ever seen that flame on top of someone's head? I sure have. Woo! Woo! Not pretty, yeah, not pretty. Patience, I, I was thinking about this week, it's maybe one of the most beautiful qualities on this earth. It's beautiful. Beautiful. W.E. Vine, uh, he writes this about the Greek word for patience. He says, It is the ability to be inconvenienced or taken advantage of by a person over and over again and yet not be upset or angry. Say that again. It is the ability to be inconvenienced or taken advantage of by a person over and over again and yet not be upset or angry. He says, Try this in your natural state. Without a doubt, only in an individual walking in the Spirit filled with and controlled by the Spirit, can obey this command. That's good. In our country, we are so far removed, so far removed from this kind of attitude. The complete lack of patience in our society is unreal. Our willingness, just our acceptance of being so impatient and rude with other people, I I just believe this. It shows that our world is full of demonic deception. People have been deceived by the devil himself to believe that it is okay to behave and to act this way. But you know, as much as we find this in the world around us, because of the Holy Spirit in us, we do not have to act like the world acts. Hallelujah. We can actually be patient with one another. Remember, we have the love of God living inside of us, and we know that love is patient. And yes, you've been wronged. Yes, that person, they failed you. They let you down. Yes, there was no desert. But you don't have to blow a fuse, as Paul says in the next verse, "Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. You don't have to pay back wrong for wrong. In Another translation maybe you heard it this way. You don't have to repay evil for evil. But you can always, you can always how often can you do this? You can always strive to do what is good. For each other. And you can actually do it. It's possible because the love of God lives within you and the love of God is patient and is kind. Again, a sign of a healthy, godly community. It isn't that everything is perfect. We all make mistakes from time to time. If you're trying to find a church where no one makes a mistake, you'll never find it. You will never find it. And I won't say this to you, but I heard a pastor say once if you're looking for a perfect church, the minute you go there, you just ruined it. <laughs> But I won't say that. But the sign of a healthy community will be that when someone makes a mistake, you don't let anger or temper get the best of you, but you're patient with them. If someone fails you and people, humans will fail you, you don't repay evil with evil. Again, demonic deception. I don't know what happened to where Christians thought it was okay to treat people this way and speak this way. We're patient with each other's failings. And so a healthy, godly community looks like a place where we all fall short from time to time. But we are patient with each other's failings. Again, live in peace with each other. Warn those who are idle, disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. And look for ways to do good for each other. Now, with all that being said, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that we're struggling just a tad bit with all this in the American church. In many ways, the American church acts just like the world acts. And yet today, and I'm glad you're here today, God wants to give us the power to stop. The power to stop. We don't have to beat each other up. God wants to give us the power to love one another. Galatians 5 tells it this way. He says... For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. If we keep biting and destroying and devouring each other, we will be destroyed. So something has to change. Something has to change. The lack of love that we receive from others, it can no longer be the excuse for why we don't love them in return. Somebody has to rise up by the power of the Holy Spirit within them and break the cycle. Somebody. Somebody has to rise up in the power of God and say, you know what, even though it isn't fair, and even though I haven't been treated like I should, I'm going to love you. I'm going to strive to live in peace with you. I'm going to display patience towards you. I'm going to strive to do good for you, because otherwise we will destroy one another. And this week, again and again, with spiritual eyes of faith, I saw what the church of Jesus Christ could be. That there is a beauty and a goodness that can flow out of a Jesus community just like this one. And it can flow into our greater community. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be a people, God's people, who truly love one another. And we can learn how to live in the mess and in the conflict of humanity, but not let it destroy us, not let it tear us apart. But instead, Jesus can actually teach us to love one another as he is first Loved us. And I believe this. As we grow in this, it will begin to affect the greater community around us. But we, we, as the body of Christ, we have to stand up. We have to actively choose to live this way. Somebody has to stand in the power of God and break the cycle. You know, I was getting ready you know, for all of this and um, it was like Monday, Tuesday some, sometime around there, and it was in the morning, and the girls were watching this sh- cartoon, and just something was said in the cartoon that was just mean. It wasn't appropriate, and I said, sorry, girls, I got to turn this off, and of course, they weren't happy about that, but then Mary said, yeah, she goes, actually, just about five minutes ago, they said something else that wasn't right, and, you know, unfortunately, with media and music and video games, our, what our world is teaching our children, teaching our teenagers, It's just not good. I mean, there's some good out there, but there's a whole lot of bad. A whole lot of bad. But in the faith, I'm actually quite optimistic. I believe as Christians, we can figure it out. If we can get to a place where we let God's Holy Spirit truly have his way in us in here so that this passage like today, that it would actually begin to be vibrantly and radically expressed in and through us. I'm confident that the light of Christ will make its way into the rest of the world, including, by the way, media, music, video games, because what we learn and how we're changed in here, it affects out there. It affects out there. It just does. What we learn and even the tools and how we learn how to live in a healthy, godly community, it affects the world because we don't stay here, do we? You leave here and you go to real jobs. Just in our little church, you go out. To your jobs as a lawyer or an accountant, an electrician, an engineer, a computer programmer, a realtor, a hairdresser, and if we bring what we learned here by the Holy Spirit and we carried that torch, Rogers carried that light into the, the world, world, what a difference we could make! And, and that's not some pipe dream. Like Christians are some of the most depressing people to be around these days. That is not a pipe dream. There are other people, other Christians all around the world that are doing that right now. For the last 2,000 years, there have been amazing men and women of God who have made radical differences in their communities. Just stop cowering in the corner in fear. Rise up and carry what the Lord is doing in a healthy, godly community and take it into the world. One of my favorite examples is a guy named Fred Rogers. Most of you know him as Mr. Rogers. You know, he was an ordained minister, an ordained minister. But instead of him spending his time preaching on Sunday mornings, he spent his time teaching little children how to live, how to be human during the week. You know, I didn't know he was an ordained minister when I grew up watching him. But now that I'm older, I'm realizing that maybe he had more influence on my life than any pastor did. Mr. Rogers, (laughs) I'm getting emotional about this, but he gave me permission to have emotions. But he told me that there were healthy ways to deal with my emotions, with my sadness, with my anger, with my confusion. He gave me tools. I didn't even know this. He was giving me tools and the ability to process all that was going on in my overly active brain. I was so afraid, and yet he spoke in a way that encouraged me, and he helped me with my fears. And maybe you're like, wow, you were just taking this overboard. And I'm just telling you, my mom worked at home. And to be able to work at home with a boy that was made up like I was, uh, PBS really helped a lot. (laughs) And so we watched Sesame Street, we watched Mr. Rogers, and then I watched a whole lot of Bob Ross. A lot of happy trees. But I want us to actually watch a clip of Mr. Rogers... And he's speaking to Congress. Some of you maybe have seen this before. He's speaking about the benefits of supporting public broadcasting. I don't want us to even focus on the issue. What I want you to notice is that he speaks. Even as the congressman confronts him, asks him some tough questions, I just want you to notice as much as you can. Look at how Mr. Rogers speaks with peace, with patience, with encouragement. Without exaggeration, church, he speaks as one who is full of the Holy Spirit. He models so much of what we're talking about today, and yet he's not preaching a sermon. He's just shining the light of Christ. And as we watch it, it's going to actually be longer than some of you want it to be. But I hope it wakes us up. I hope it shakes us up. I mean, none of us, I think, became Christians so we could just get really good at religion. Right? We want to be difference makers. We want... To be a part of what God would want to do to change this world for his kingdom. So again, no apologies for the length, but with the crisis we're in, and we are in a crisis. We don't know even how to handle it right now. But I just believe this. As we watch and learn, and as we are open to the power of the Holy Spirit living in us and through us, we can go forth and we will make a difference for the kingdom of God. Let's watch this together. Now, Now, Mr. Rogers Rogers is is certainly one of the best things that's ever happened to public
1: television, and his Peabody Peabody Award is testament to that fact. We in public television are proud of of Fred Rogers, Rogers, and I'm proud proud to present Mr. Rogers to you now. All right, Rogers, (laughs) you've got the floor. (laughs) 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 Senator Senator Pastore. This This is a philosophical philosophical statement statement and would take about about 10 minutes minutes to read, read, so I'll not do that. that. Uh, Uh, One of the first first things that a child learns in a healthy healthy family family is trust, trust. and I trust what you you have said that that you will read read this. It's very very important important to me. me. I I care deeply about children. My first... Will it make you happy if you read it? I'd just like to talk talk about about it, if it's all right. Uh, My first first children's children's program was on WQED 15 years years ago, and its budget budget was $30. Now, now with with the help help of the Sears Roebuck Roebuck Foundation Foundation and and National Educational Television, television, as well as as all of the affiliated affiliated stations, stations. stations. each Each station station pays pays to show our program. It's a unique unique kind of of funding in educational television. television. With this this help, help, now our program program has a a budget of of $6,000. It may sound sound like quite a difference, but $6,000 pays for less than than two minutes minutes of cartoons. cartoons. Two minutes minutes of of animated, what I sometimes sometimes say, bombardment. bombardment. I'm very, I'm very much concerned, concerned as, as I know you are, about what's, about what's being delivered, delivered our to our children in, in this country. And I've worked, and I've worked in, in the field of child development for six, six years now, trying, to, trying understand to understand the inner needs, needs of, children. of children. We deal, we deal with, with such things, things as as the as inner, inner drama, drama of childhood. childhood. We don't, we don't have to bop, bop somebody, somebody over the head to make, to make him... To, to make, make drama, drama on screen the screen. We deal with, deal with things such as things getting as getting a haircut, haircut or, or the feelings, the feelings about brothers and, brothers and sisters and the kind, and the kind of, anger of anger that arises in simple, simple in simple family situations. And we speak, and we speak to, it, to constructively. it constructively. How long, How long the program, it? program is It's a half hour day. every day. Most, Most channels schedule, schedule it in, in the noon time as well as in the evening. Uh, WETA here has scheduled it in the late afternoon. Could we, Could we get a copy of this so that we can see it? Maybe not maybe not today, today, but I'd like to see the program. I'd like very much for you. I'd like to see, see the program itself or any one of them, you see. We made, made a hundred program programs for EEN, UDN, the Eastern, Eastern Educational Network. Network. And then when and the, then money the money ran out, people in Boston, Boston and, and, Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh and Chicago, and Chicago all came to the fore and said, we've, said got we've got to have more of this neighborhood, of this neighborhood expression of care. of care. And this, and this is what, is what, this is this what is I what give. I give an, I give an expression, expression of care every day to each child to help him realize that he is unique. I, end the, I end the program by saying, by saying you've made this, made day, this day a, a special, special day, day by, you. by just your being, being, you. being you. There's, no, There's person no person in the whole in the world, world like you, and I and like you like just the way you, you are. And I, and I feel, feel that if we in public, public television, television can only, only make it clear, clear, that that clear that feelings are mentionable and, and manageable. manageable, we will have done a great service for mental health. Uh, Uh, I think that that it's it's much more dramatic dramatic that two men could be working out their feelings feelings of anger, much more more dramatic than showing something something of gunfire. I'm constantly constantly concerned about what our children are seeing. And for 15 15 years, years I have have tried in this country and Canada Canada to present present what I I feel is is a meaningful expression expression of care. care. Do you, you narrate it? I'm, I'm the host, yes. yes. And I do and all I do the all puppets, puppets, and I write all the music, and I write all the scripts. Well, the well script. I'm supposed to be a pretty tough, tough guy, guy, and this is the first time, time I've had goosebumps for the last two, two days. days. <laughs> well, I'm, well, I'm grateful, not only for goosebumps, your goosebumps, but for your interest in our kind of communication. Could I tell you the words of one of the songs, which I feel is very important? Yes. This has to do with that that good feeling feeling of control, control, which I feel feel that the children children need to know know is there. there. And it starts starts out, what do do you do with the mad that you you feel? And that first first line came straight from a child. I I work with children, doing doing puppets puppets in in very very personal personal communication with small groups. What do you do with the mad that you feel? When you feel so mad, you could bite. When the, when the whole wide, wide world, world seems, seems so oh so wrong and nothing, and nothing you do you seems, seems very right. Very right. What, do you what do you do? Do you, do you punch a punch bag? A bag? Do, you do you pound some clay or some dough? Some dough? Do you round, do you round up friends, friends for a game, for a game of, of tag or tag see or how fast you go? You go? It's
0: great, it's great, to, to, be great be to be able to, to
1: stop when, when you plan the thing that's wrong and be able to do something else instead and think think this song. song. I can stop stop when when I want to. can can stop stop when I wish. can can stop, 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 anytime. anytime. And what a good good feeling feeling to feel like this. And know that that the the feeling feeling is really really mine. mine. Know that that there's there's something deep inside that helps us become what we can. For a girl can be someday a lady and a boy can be someday a man. I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. Looks like you just earned the $20 million.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Would you pray with me? No, Mr. Rogers. Lord, I pray right now. Over this group of people. That you would just. Stir them up. To something greater. Something bigger than themselves. With visions and. And passions Lord. That would come from heaven above. To just be used. In a powerful way. In a beautiful way in this world. But Lord, how could we ever be an effective witness if we keep warring with each other? So Lord, in this moment, Lord, if there's any area where we've been rebelling against you in the way we've treated another person, Lord, one, we're in a dangerous place, to be sure. But two, by your grace, you're willing to forgive us and give us the opportunity to start over and move forward. And so God, I just pray that over some of the hearts in this room that we would use this time to ask you for forgiveness, to repent of our sins, but also to just receive your Holy Spirit and move forward in the power of the Holy Spirit that allows us to live in peace with one another, that allows us to be patient with one another, that allows us to help the weak, and encourage the disheartened that allows us to strive to do good for each other. That could only be possible by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, that video clip, 1969, we know that Mr. Rogers had decades of influence over people of every race and religion on teaching humanity how to treat one another. Lord, I pray that in this room there would be difference makers, legends of the faith, heroes of the faith in this room right now that would be sent out and called out into this world. Called out, Lord, into this world, into media, into music, entertainment. Called out into these areas that Christians have just given up on. That, Lord, you have not given up on any of those areas. You didn't give up with a Corinth when you sent Paul. You didn't give up on Nineveh when you sent Jonah. You didn't give up on the Jewish people when you sent Jesus. Lord, you haven't given up on humanity. You are sending us out. But, Lord... We need some healing. We need some mind and heart correction and transformation so that we go out not just full of our bitterness and our envy and our hurts and our pains and full of our hatred and discord, but we go out full of the power of the Holy Spirit, full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, And self-control. So Lord, in this moment, we say have your way. Anything that is of our flesh, would you cut it off in the name of Jesus. And let good fruit begin to grow. Good fruit. Good things begin to grow. And so whether we're before the Sanhedrin or before Congress, they would just see Jesus. And they would get goosebumps because of you, Jesus. Because of you, Jesus. I love being here this morning. This is so good, Lord. You're so good. You're so good. You have not called us to fail, you have not called us to be destroyed. We rise up in victory today. In your name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah.